Hi everyone, this is Thea Sanders, CEO and founder of Naya Beauty. Welcome to Naya Unfiltered, where I discuss all things beauty with my special guests. Today is our final episode for season one, and we decided to go out with the bang. You all have heard of the JLo Glow, right? Of course you have. Well, today my special guest is the creator of the JLo Glow, none other than beauty maestro Scott Barnes. Scott Barnes dishes on how he came up with the glow, a walk down memory lane on how he turned his painting skills into makeup masterpieces, working with celebrities like Jennifer Lopez and Gwyneth Paltrow, and more. And also, he shares some exciting peeks into his latest releases for his brand, Scott Barnes Cosmetics. Enjoy! Hi guys, this is Thea Sanders, CEO and founder of Naya Beauty App. I am here today on Naya Unfiltered with the iconic Scott Barnes, the makeup artist, legend, beauty guru. We are so excited to have him. I mean, we've been talking about this nonstop. So hello, Scott. Hey, what's How going on? How are you? I'm, I'm really good. A little tired, been busy with my, uh, you know, series that I'm doing right now, which is the history of makeup. What been incredible. What a journey obsessed i've been watching it obsessed and how you get that you know those looks back in the day it's oh my gosh it's it's been a lot of research i can tell you that this is like something that i was like oh i started off with like the 1900s because i would just thought well this ought to be interesting it's a little bridgerton it's a little titanic right. i'm like let's do you know and, and i was so in quarantine that i was like this is boring so my friend who's a model uh lakin I, you know, I talked to her, I was like, hey, come over to the studio. Let's just do a little something, you know? And she's like, okay, I'm down for it. And then it just like turned into a thing. And I was like, we should do the twenties. And then she, and then it was like, let's do the thirties. And then we started building sets and then it started going into like- well, let's like, let's produce this. Let's make it bigger. Well, it, it was like, everybody went nuts. So it was like, oh my gosh, we're getting like, the people are like counting down till it comes out every week. It's kind of funny. I'm like, it's this kind is awesome. of interesting. It's like, I always wonder like, okay, how is he, I mean, is it difficult to achieve or execute certain looks if they have different products? And so I can see you sometimes you're like, okay, I'm going to just use this, you know? Right. Like I would talk about what was used, but I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, first of all, I'm not going to spit in the tin and put it on your hat. <laughs> I, just, I, I feel like that's not very COVID friendly. <laughs> you know? it has like, what's the weirdest product that they used to use back in the day that you're like, okay, I can't believe they use this. Well, number one, we're still using Vaseline and Vaseline came out in the 1800s. So that is still being used for a lot of beauty things today. Lips, you know, you name it. Um, lids, like people use it for doing like a greasy eyelid and stuff like that. Um, they used coal for mascara. You know what I mean? Oh. You, with okay. a little bit of coal and a little bit of Vaseline and people were using coal in their home. So remember that, you know, you right. were heating like house for heat, right? for heat. So it was, it was something that was readily available. Also matchsticks, you would burn a matchstick and then use it to draw in your brow because there wasn't brow pencils. The first makeup was introduced in 1909 at Selfridges in London. And before that only prostitutes and actresses wore makeup and it was just unheard of for you to put makeup on. So it wasn't, it wasn't popular to have makeup on or to appear that you have makeup on. You kind of bought it in the back alley. You had to seem like this innocent, pure, you know, you're not using makeup, right? Yeah. You're a natural and you're an upstanding woman. That's what that was really about. It was, you know, it was funny because my friend who's a model, she's a really great model as everybody knows. And she's always like, hands are on your hips. 
And I go, um, no, it was uh, tea and saucer. Your hands were like this because you had tea and saucer. And very <laughs> were, small movements. Very small movements. You were, you know, you your clothes were really constricted. You had corsets. Well, you would have like those, like um, like girdles or those corsets. corsets. Yeah. Girdles didn't come out until the 50s. In the 50s, we were like, it, it was like such an uh, invention. It was like the girdle, now we have Spanx. You know what I mean? So right. nothing, and the whole point of this whole series was women are beautiful regardless of what era we're in. It, I hate when people go, oh, you look really great. You'd be like great in the 30s. And it's like, no, women are still women no matter what decade we're in. It's just that everything around you shapes how you do your hair, your makeup, how mm -hmm. you dress the vernacular we use, the, the slang we use, the terminology, and it all goes, and the politics that are happening, all go to form your exterior beauty, how we, how we change our artifice. And it was very interesting to see that women don't change. It's just everything around us changes, you know? Right, and then it reflects like the, the makeup and everything and how they look reflect like the times of what's going on around them. Absolutely, like when you look at the 40s, women had long hair. Why did they have that all rolled up the way they did? It's because they started working as machinists because the men were all at war. They didn't want their hair getting caught in the machines. Mm, so the it was like, it was like, it was like function, functionality also. It was, it was form and function. It was like, I still want to be pretty. And they were encouraged to wear red lipstick so that they could kiss envelopes and send them out to, you know, cards to the, to the GIs to keep the morale up, you know? So like, lipstick was a very vital part of the forties. And it seems like it's like, you go really in depth with like the research as to like yeah. why they, why they use a certain product, why they looked a certain way. Yeah. I mean, we have a whole team of people here and we all sit around the table and everybody's just fever. It's like, oh my God, did you know this? And did you know that? And we start putting it all together. And it really tells a story about what was going on throughout that decade. And that was just incredible to me. And there was things I learned that I was like, oh, that's why we were doing that or this. So I'm wondering, I mean, it's so successful and people love it. This series, are you going to venture out into different um, like um, cultures? during those times yeah like, we we've been at, we've got such an onslaught of people asking us to do what is egyptian makeup like from the fair that time of the pharaohs and can you do makeup like this and this and this and we've got i was like yeah we could do that <laughs> you know i feel like i could do anything i'm like it, when it comes to makeup i'm like i'll at least try it if i fall i fall you know what i mean it's uh, it washes off that's the great part about you makeup. surprised how um how well received it was and how you know how people were so excited about yeah it goes to like my first book I when i wrote my first book i did it because of the love of actually writing the book and what the information i was giving um when you try to do things where you're like oh it's calculated where it's celebrity driven or it's this or it's that it never works that organicness kind of goes out of it because you're calculating it too much when you do things because you just love it and you're like, I don't care if people like this or not. I'm going to do this. And, and that always winds up being the thing that shines the brightest, you know? So you said that, where did this come from? Did it come from like, as you were bored, you had mentioned something like, oh, well, I was bored. I was in COVID. And so I decided to do something new and just. Honestly, you know. we were in such a lockdown, especially here in California, which you know, right? And it was like, I was going to the office, to the house, to the office, to the house. And I have a gym inside my office, which is great because I love to work out. So my life wasn't fully interrupted, but. I wasn't going out to restaurants. I wasn't socializing. I didn't have my normal kind of like personal routine that I do with friends and family members. So now I'm just like 
you know, it's me, my son, and then like my three employees here in the office. And it's like, and my, and Frank, my husband. And I was like, we're just kind of like, we just do the same thing every single day. And I went home and I was like, I was so sick of the news. So sick of listening about COVID. So I, I just got sick of hearing all the news and COVID. it was like a little depressing, I, which I think everybody can relate to. And I was like, what? I wanted to be transported into another time. So I started really researching who was the most photographed woman in the 1900s, which was Lily Elise. She was probably the most photographed woman. And she was beautiful. By today's standards, she was beautiful. So I started digging a little deeper and I was like, hmm, well, she looks like she has makeup on. But back then they hand painted photos. So you were like, was this a painting? Did she have makeup on? Like, and then I started like digging in more and I was like, well, I can recreate this. I can do this. I've never done it, but let me try it. You know, it's such a departure for what I do. I was like, let me try it. And I, I felt like I was okay at it. Well, it's, it's kind of weird. I've, you know, I was, as I was doing some research, it seems as though that's kind of been, you know, your career. Like, let me try it. Like I've never, like you were talking about, oh, I, I don't do movie makeup, but okay, let me do it. You know, I, and that's like it. how you started your career and let's go back, like how you even started your career and became. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because my career, you know, first of all, I always give God all the thanks in my life for everything that goes on. I'm extremely blessed. Um, He's number one in my life. He comes first. So I always say God had a path for me. And I was constantly, as we all do, is all of a sudden you're being directed in this direction. And you're like, I don't want to do that. You know, it's like, and it keeps getting presented to you. And you're like, I don't want to do that. And it's like, you're going to do this. And it was one of those situations where I was in school for fine arts, painting, and I worked for a photographer to make money. And I worked at a hotel. I worked for Ian Schreiger and at the time, Steve Rebell, who they opened the Royalton, which was really the first hotel that I worked at um, in the 80s in New York. <laughs> it was kind of rough, 86, 87, somewhere in there. I forgot exactly. Uh, but I was, you know, just trying to make ends meet as a struggling student starving in New York City during the 80s, late 80s, you know, into the 90s. And this photographer I worked with, makeup artist would come in and he was always so frustrated with the makeup and hair people. And he did fashion and catalogs and all this kind of stuff. And he used to let me paint in his studio. I had six roommates, which was awful. <laughs> it's really awful. Don't get six roommates. Please, it's awful. Um, <laughs> but we, it was bad. One bathroom, one little thing. For six men? No, it was boys, girls. Like we were all going to college. It was like real world, if you can imagine. Remember real world? I don't know. Yes, going I think real world. Yeah. Yeah. It was like they were all living together and everybody was on each other's nerves. It was awful. So I would go there to escape, work, and paint. I got paid. So it was like a great thing. And I learned, oddly enough, about lighting, photography. And at that point, we weren't digital. So we were winding film and developing film and making prints. And I saw the retouching process, which was by hand. It was a lot of things that taught me about the business. And I got to see it from a different perspective. And I learned from the ground up mm -hmm. and I learned it from the ground up. So I learned that no matter what comes at you, you can, you know, once you understand lighting and, and stuff like that, that, that was all grooming me for a later point in my life. So then I start doing, he pushes me to do makeup. I'm terrible at it. And says, just, you know, do it again. And I was like, oh, this is just awful. I, I, I didn't feel like I could fit in with that stereotype of what a makeup artist is. That was something that I was not real comfortable with. I was 
straight at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. make this for women. I'm not going to go into that world. Yeah, it was like, and the, and the people that came in that were always makeup artists were very flamboyant over the top. And I was like, just couldn't connect with that. Like, I was a little embarrassed to say I was a makeup artist, honestly, in, in the beginning. Um, I was I always say like, I'm a painter. I always identified with being a painter. Fast forward, you know, I sucked at it really, really bad. And the painting? The makeup. I was off. Yeah, it was like one of those things where it was like, you know, I thought, oh, this is easy. I can paint, you know? And then you go to do the makeup and you're like, I suck. Like, you're just like, <laughs> and I was like, really bad. And I just, then I was frustrated because I thought, and this is where I, I'm going to stand corrected. I thought it was a very frivolous job to do makeup which a lot of people still look at us like, oh yeah, yeah, you're a makeup artist, you know? Interesting. Um, but when you, I had a different respect for all these flamboyant people that would come in then because it was hard and I realized it was hard, you know? Well, then were you using, if you were studying to be a painter, what were the similarities and the differences of there like painting on a canvas and painting on a face? Well, I paint with light, which is my thing. And that's where my iconic style kind of came out of what was going on. I was doing makeup the way I had seen my mother do makeup, my cousins, my girlfriends, friends, you know, and these makeup artists that would come into the studio. And I was like, I'm not good at this. And the photographer said one key thing to me, cause he saw me struggling with it and he could tell I don't like to lose. So I was like, I suck. How, how do I suck less? And he's like, do the makeup the way you paint. And I was like, Oh, and I painted with oil paints. So I started mixing all the oils in with the foundations and everything. And then it became, to me, came to life. Okay, so then you started That's getting- That's where my style was born. That's where it got born. And now the whole world kind of copies me, really. And right. they, some of them don't even realize that it's me that started it. It's weird. <laughs> so you think that like, okay, for like a newbie makeup artist that's coming onto the scene, you know, what you were doing, which maybe was the mistake was you were trying to copy or imitate what you saw other people doing, but then you decided to like maybe create your own style. Then all of a sudden this organically came about. So would that be your um, advice to newbie makeup Always. artists? When I teach, when I teach seminars, the first thing I say is be true to what you do. And when I started hitting as a makeup artist and becoming important or getting booked on jobs, if you will, grunge was everything that was going on and I wasn't doing that at all. I was doing really glowy, beautiful skin and everybody was like, it was like, it was, it was a disconnect, but I just kept true to what I was doing. And then it was like, and then I started doing covers and then I started doing celebrities. And it was funny because I get this call and they're like, Hey, Famke Jensen needs her makeup done. She's going to some event. And I was like, all right, you know? And then I went, I'm like working on actress. I was like, Oh, wow. They're so different than models. Cause models just sit there and most of them, just do whatever you tell them to do. And then here you got an actress that's like, I want to look like this. And they have an opinion. And you're like, whoa, you have an opinion. I mean, <laughs> you know, where models don't really have an opinion. They're like, just make me look pretty. I don't care, you know? So then I get a call from Julianne Moore and then I started getting all these calls and then Gwyneth Paltrow. And then I meet JLo, you know? It was like one of those things. I, I had been working doing fashion for a couple, three, four years mm -hmm. and published in magazines and doing covers and layouts. So I didn't really want to do celebrities. I was like, oh, I like models. I like photo shoots. I like fashion. You know, it was like this world of celebrity was so foreign to me. And, I, and it was really boring. You know, it was like everybody just wanted to look pretty. There was no editorial edge. There was nothing. And I was like, OK. So 
my style worked so well with that. And I think it was just the perfect storm. Again, God puts you right where he needs you to be. I know. Um, like in, when you talk about like working on models and celebrities, like talk to me about the difference. Where is it that you are most able to use your creativity and be unique and be expressive? I mean, I was, I was, you know, watching you and you were talking about the difficulty on movies that not difficulty, but you were saying like, you help develop the character, you know, it's just like trying to draw it out of a character and tell a story. Correct. So assisting in that, but in what arena is it like really this is Scott Barnes this is like he's able to just like really go for it music videos like <laughs> I, I've done 286 music videos in my career and you know from Beyonce to Gwen, Gwen Stefani JLo you, you I've done them all I've done so many music videos now stuff that I can't even like I have I sit down and I'm like oh yeah I did that video you know like it's crazy but music videos like the best of both worlds it's fashion and it's movie and it's like <sighs> smashed together in a two and a half minute movie. And it's like, there's, there's, it's limitless, you know? And it, you don't have to have continuity like you do in a movie where it's like, that scene has to match up with the other scene. And then you go back to it. Sometimes you shoot the end of the movie first, then you come back, then you go, and then you're doing decades. Then we're like, in one day you can go from 2000 and like, I did Hustlers and like, we went 2013, 2014, then the next scene, and we're using one location for that day. So you have to shoot five parts of that movie in different decades. So you're like, you feel like you're, like if I've gone crazy, you're like making the person look all kinds of ways. <laughs> and you gotta keep track of it all. So is that the most challenging? Like what has been the most challenging project for you? They're all challenging. Everything that you do is challenging because you have to challenge yourself on it. And I really like to push myself in, in the place that like, if I'm gonna sign up to do a movie, I'm gonna do the best. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put my whole self into it. And no matter what you decide to take on, whether it's a game show, a talk show, like whatever you're doing makeup on, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever you decide to be your project, you have to give it everything you have in order for it to give it back to you. It can't be something that you just kind of go, yeah, 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 I'll just half-ass it. You can't half-ass anything, you have to give it all of your ass. <laughs> Not just I want all of it. So I want all of it. Yeah, you can you have ass. Known as you know this beauty legend and doing the makeup for Jennifer Lopez for J Lo. Yeah. Twenty years with Jennifer. For you know, yeah, twenty years. And so when you um, do other people's faces, uh -huh. you get that. Can you make me look like J Lo? Of course, all the time. Or they expect that I'm going to do that, and uh -huh. that not what I'm going to do because you're not JLo. Like she was one of those people that when I saw her, she took my breath away and she didn't have any makeup on. She had moisturizer on her face. She had a pair of sunglasses on a cowl neck. Her hair was pulled back and she had some Frankie B jeans on. <laughs> it was like, you know, literally 2000. <laughs> and I was like, wow, she's pretty. And it was perfect because what I was doing was working with all this oil and this glow and she's sitting in my chair and I'm like, I'm gonna make you look like you, but more. And that was that in-style cover that I shot with her. What's so amazing to me is that it was 20 years ago and you can still remember what she wore. You know, I, it was just like, it hits you. Yeah, it, it, you know why? Because it was that thing where it was like her and I were sitting there and there were some technical difficulties on the set. We were both like kind of sitting and I was, we were just kind of vibing on each other without really talking a whole lot. Mm -hmm. 
And she was like, I, I like you. And I said, I like you too. That's how she is with people, you know? And she goes, what are you doing on Friday? And I was working with, I was supposed to work with Kim Cattrall for a cover. And I was like, um, nothing. Why? What are you doing? And she was like, what are we doing? Yeah. What, yeah. What, are we going somewhere? You know, it was like one of those. And she was like, I'm shooting my album cover, which was JLo, the JLo album cover. Mm-hmm. And that was the Frankie B jumpsuit and Orbe did her hair with that ombre. And it was like, I was working with Joe Z and we were working with, you know, amazing photographers. And it's just like, all of a sudden it was like, and I had walked into a shoot and I'd never been in a shoot where there was literally, when I tell you, Josie probably had about 30 clothing racks of clothes. I felt like I was in like a wonderland of like designer clothes, shoes, jewelry. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then we created JLo. That was where JLo was born. And that next week I was like, I was in Europe with her. And then I did Love Don't Cost a Thing. Like, in between that, it was like, and all of a sudden, it was like eleven years went by. Well, you have this amazing relationship with um, J Lo, and you know you are her go-to makeup artist. And I know that she said, "Oh, well, you know, she uses other makeup artists, but you exactly. know, you are her go-to." So, for an, a newbie makeup artist, what would be your advice to like how could they develop that? You know, that being that go-to. I I think what it is is I. And I say this to my employees. I say this to everybody who's around me. Um, Because everybody's like, how did you get, how do you, how do you, everybody wants to know, is there some secret potion? Um, I'm always on time. I'm never late. I am always clean. My brushes are clean. My nails are always manicured. I'm not touching someone's face with dirty hands. Um, I'm cognizant about what I eat before I breathe on people. It's all these things, you're in somebody's personal space, you're in their home, you're in their dressing room, you're in their private domain, and you have to be really respectful of that, number one. Number two, you have to be indispensable. And when I say indispensable, you have to create, and you have to be so good at what you do, that when you're gone, there's a void, there's a hole that no one can fill, you know? And that goes for personal relationships, it goes for Kindness, it goes across the board so that when you are such a dynamic force in somebody's life or you make such an impact in their life that you can't be replaced. People can think somebody else can come along, but no one could ever fill your shoes, so to speak. And that is, that's what, that's the advice I give people. So, you know, you said that when you first started out, you were like, I suck, you know, what was the moment that you were like, I'm actually pretty damn good at this. I tripped out. I, I was the first makeup in history to have seven covers on the newsstand at one month. And my mom framed them all. Like it was, it was kind of crazy. It was like Julianne Moore. Uh, it was, I forgot whoever, Gwyneth was one of them. I, I was Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer. It was like one of those things where I was like, and I was just on, I was standing at the corner in, in New York, there's newsstands like everywhere. And I was like, like I, I'm here. like. I'm in my skin. Uh-huh. This is actually happening to me. And because before that, I was just always like, you know, don't look at me. And it was weird because everybody kept saying, what is this that you do this? And they wanted me to put a name to it. And I just never called it the glow. I don't know. I'd always just say, I don't know. It's expensive. <laughs> you know, like that was what to me in my head, I, I spent a lot of time like kind of fantasizing, if you will. Uh, I love women so much. So, and I love to celebrate the strength of women. 
And that's part of the reason why her and I connected so well. Jennifer's a very strong woman and she represents a lot to a lot of people, right? So when you get two people that I believe in women and I believe in the strength of women and I believe in the power of beauty and she's beautiful and she's strong. So together you're like, you know, you have fireworks, you know, that's what happens, you know? And it was being at the right place at the right time with the right style at the right moment, you know? And then you grow together as two artists, you know? And that's what we did. But to answer your question about where that, you know, kind of goes, is like, it's just, you want to just celebrate women. That's the most important thing is that everybody has the ability to be the best possible version of themselves. Right. And it's just giving women the tools to do that. It's like, literally you can conquer the world, you know, like you can literally do anything. And I try to tell women that all the time. Like this is, you have the ability, you have the strength inside you. Most people are so afraid to channel their own strength. So it's like, you know, you say that like with, with your, your, um, your work, you love women and you want to be, you know, a champion of women and strong women. And I wonder, you know, I always ask people like, what is your inspiration in your muse? Do you have a muse? Is it Jennifer? Because then, and then I read you, you were like, oh, like Walt Disney and Helen Keller. So it's like those fighters, like you like that fighting spirit. I do. I like people that are tenacious and that obstacles are not obstacles. They're only things that help propel you. There's no such thing as obstacles. There's no such thing as failing. You fall, you get up and you go, okay, don't do that again. And then you go around it or you go over it, but you overcome it. That's the whole point of it. Your ability to go, all right, that's not great. Let me do it like this. And let me do it like this. Oh, okay. I'm better at it. Or somebody tells you something, Hey, this could be done like this. I don't get angry. I go, Okay, good point. Let me try it. And then I'm like, that either works for me or doesn't work for me. But to be closed off from that is probably the biggest mistake people make. They close themselves off and they're like in this kind of like shell and they're pushing and you're like, don't do that. You don't have to do that. So I'm wondering, you know, I always ask like with the male makeup artist, like, you know, um, entering into the makeup world and the beauty world, how was it being a man applying makeup, you know, to a woman and, you know, and making these decisions, like, were you well-received? Like, oh yes, please do me up. And yeah, I noticed that men have a little bit more strength with women. Um, girls are a little bit more like, yeah, okay, do whatever you want. You know, where I see what, how they are with the girl makeup artists, they're a little bit more fight them. You're not doing it right. This is, it. you're like, okay, I'm lucky. Uh, but with the men, it's also the way you grab somebody too to touch their face. It shows you, it's like, you know, you ever get a haircut and you try somebody new for the first time, you can tell by the way they comb your hair. You're like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing. My hair is going to be messed up. And then but you sit in the mirror and you're like, stop, make it stop. Why am I doing this? This has got to stop. Right. But if they and do it with confidence, I, I trust them like, oh, they know what they're doing. Because of the way they handle you. So part of being a great makeup artist is being very assuring, especially the process I put people through. So when I was doing all that contouring before, you know, I know that I'm not sure if everybody kind of knows that whole contouring story, but Kim Kardashian, I was working with her and she said, can you, can we Instagram that you're doing this to my face? And this was years ago and it went 60 million viral. And, and then it was like, everybody's taking credit for it since, but I'm like, Nah, it was me. I actually, yeah, I actually have the, I actually have the Instagram to prove it. So, which is fun because it's going to come out in this next video that I just did. Cause I'm like, thanks Kim. You know, it was like, I had always been doing underpainting as everybody's now called it, but I was doing contour underneath the foundation 
since the beginning of my career. It's how I built my whole career. And I, I just assumed that everybody did that. I didn't realize it. I saw people contouring, but they always contoured on top. And I was like, I don't like to see it. I don't want to see it. So right. I was reversing it, painting with light, and then cutting out the parts I didn't want. You're creating all these like looks, you know, and these, these techniques. And are you stumbling upon them or how are you doing this? How are, is it like I, you're just figuring it out? Again, I think like God gives us all a gift. And I know that I just keep giving him, <laughs> but it's true. It's like, cause sometimes I think about where I've come from. You know, I come from Detroit. I came from like the neighborhood. You know what I mean? I was not Good. like some rich kid. I was like, you know, we lived in a medium to middle-class family. You know, it was like, my parents worked really hard. My mom worked at a salon. My dad worked at General Motors. I wasn't like some rich kid that was like spoon fed anything. And I didn't live in a rich neighborhood. So for me, it was like, you had to beat or be beaten. So, you know, get to beating some faces or beat something or beat the sidewalk. Like it, it was always like, you have to propel yourself. You can't just sit back and be like, someone's gonna hand me this. It's never gonna come like that. I don't care who you are. No one ever just comes and hands it to you. You have to literally go get it, take it. Like this, you have this fighting spirit in you, you know, and it's always fighting and surviving. And I'm, I just had my 53rd birthday and literally every single day I'm like, I'm learning something new. I'm running a business. I have employees. It's so challenging. You have no idea because I don't like governing other people. I like this like freedom type of thing and it, it doesn't work. So, <laughs> you know, I'm learning every day, you know, and, and it's to be, um, it's one thing to be an entrepreneur. It's one thing to be an artist, but it's another thing to put the two together and be a business person. Well, and let's talk about this because you have this beautiful line, this beautiful collection. Thank you. What propelled you to start this line? Because it just stuff doesn't exist out there the way I want it to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, Customer zero. I love this terminology. They're like customer zero recognizes that there's something that doesn't exist and they, it, they need to make it. Right. Like when I came up with body bling, I mean, the story with body bling is funny. It was like I, everything I've ever done was always just out of like want and necessity. You know what I mean? The mother of invention is necessity, right? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So this is, a, I'm in Cancun. We're doing fashionably loud. It's Jerry Springer spring break. They have all these top models flying in from New York. It's dead of winter. They're white and it's bikinis on a runway over the water. And they're like, make all the girls tan. And I'm like, they're getting here this morning. And I'm thinking in my head, self-tanner, that takes four to six hours worth to develop. How am I going to do this? It makes some magic. There's 20 people. I'm like, there's no way. There was guys, there was girls, there was bathing suits, there was music, there was the thong song. It was a mess, right? So I go back to my hotel room. We go through rehearsal in the morning and I look at my assistant, who's my friend from college. We we actually grew up in Michigan together and moved to, to, to New York together. Shannon, Shannon Bond, amazing like jewelry designer, right? Now she's a jewelry designer. Um, but we all went to school, right? And here, now she's on this trip with me. <laughs> and I'm like, how the hell am I gonna make all these people tan? And she was like, I don't know. And I'm like, get me the blender. And I had, I was doing all my protein shakes. So, you know, back then. And I had this blender I bought in, New York City at this Korean place that was like the bullet before there was a bullet and oh, it was yes. green and it looked like a robot. <laughs> yes. There's a video of me actually showing this on like Access Hollywood that Jennifer's sister, Linda, did a video of me making body bling in my kitchen before it came out. 
So I go into the hotel room. I'm dumping everything in the, in the blender. I'm like, and I'm like, it's not right. And I'm putting shimmer. I'm dumping like everything in there. We make this like moist colored moisturizer. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Everybody was like metallic and bronze and walking down the runway. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And it was like two weeks later, I started working with Jennifer and I did this performance thing with her and I had it all over. And she's like, this is amazing. And everybody said, Oh, it's J glow. And you know, it was like, people started already like gravitating towards it. Dumping things in a blender and you were able to recreate it. Yeah. Cause I knew what I did. You know, it's like, it's, it's painting, you know, I used to meet, mix my own mediums anyway. So you take oil and you take, you know, it's like a powder. You can get pigment that comes in a powder and you mix it with linseed oil and you can create your own oil paints. So it was the same thing for me. It was just an extension of what I did with painting. So that's how that came to be. And then it became a product and it became a success. And now I think every brand out there has copied it in some form or another from Huda to Fenty to NAR. Everybody's created a version of body blend. Mm-hmm. So and I'm like, even Jergens. I'm like, great, thanks. <laughs> You're like, thank you. Let's see. Thank you. thank you. You can send the royalty check to me. Hello, that's me. The, the bling, that's me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like 30 years in this business now. Really, 30 years. Wait, okay, so you look at it as 30 years. How do you stay um, relevant. And like relevant and like up on trends? And, but, you know, you have to, as a creator, you have to be like five, ten steps ahead, right? Yeah, yeah. So how do you keep those creative juices flowing? I just... It's, it's gut instinct, like you just do what you love. And if you're a real true artist, you just do what you love, you know? And it's like that field of dreams thing. If you build it, they usually come to it, you know? And it, you just do it and you do it from your heart. And sometimes you're not great. I mean, sometimes I fail, I fail all the time, you know? But you just pick yourself up and you're like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> that, was, that was scary. <laughs> Next, you know, like, okay, that was an epic fail. And, and listen, I had a cosmetic line in 2004. I launched on QVC. I broke records there. I did, you know, a million dollars in 40 minutes. Those were milestones in my career. And then in 2007, 2008, we were the top three selling brand at Saks Fifth Avenue and the market crashed and I lost everything. And my brother died the same year and it was hell. And I waited six months. Most people would have curled up in a ball and licked their wounds for a few years. And I literally came out with body bling and put it in a tube. (laughs) And I wrote a book and I was like, I'm not stopping. Like this can't stop me. Right. You you look at Walt Disney three times, went bankrupt, four times going bankrupt, whatever, some astronomical number of times he went bankrupt, getting Disneyland off the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, if you love what you do, you just do it. Pick yourself up. You talk about failure. Are there trends that you've seen that just make you cringe? That All the time. All the time, but I embrace it too at the same time. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, but you're like, it's kind of cool. And the thing is, I love, um, I love what everybody does with makeup. I love that like, all my followers and people that I see on Instagram, they're using my product. I love the way they see them using it. it that to me, you don't understand what that makes me feel like inside. That is a, like the most amazing feeling. And I love being surrounded with young people that love makeup. You know, I love being in a room full of people where they're like talking about product and how it works and what they do with it. There's something so organic and exuberant about that. Does that make sense? Like there's this kind of excitement and it's contagious. It's like, I I love that. (laughs) So what's the latest trend that has, has you excited? Um, 
I feel like everything's going back again to the 90s. I love the 90s. Me too. I was like, I don't know if you saw my runway. And the 90s. You know what I was listening to today? I was listening to Wham. Tell me what you listening So when we were doing the whole 80s thing, we were listening to Wham nonstop. And then when we went into the 90s supermodel, it was all George Michael. We were like, (laughs) like we were doing like, you know, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw the the runway video or the 90s supermodel. I know I didn't, I have to, I'm going to watch that. Oh my God. You need, I built a whole runway inside my studio. Oh gosh, I want to see that. So do you- I used one model and did four looks or six looks on one model. So she looks like a different model every time she comes out. Really? Oh, I I, I, like we were in COVID. So I used one model for the last six months or whatever we've been in here. Like, I, I was just like, one girl. And everyone's like, why aren't you using other girl? And I'm like, because we're in COVID. We're not supposed to be breathing on each other, you know? Yeah, so we're quarantined. Like, well, she's she's my pod. She's my bubble. She's in my bubble. Yeah, she's part of my posse. So it's like, you know, and what's great about her? She's a nurse during the week. <laughs> she goes, and like, I'm this gorgeous model by uh, Wednesday nights. Like, I turn into Superella. <laughs> you know, it's like she's amazing. She's a superhero. So you think that it's going back to the '90s? So I what? Think there's a '90s flair. When they when they go back, you know, and they they pick and choose certain you know elements of yeah. a little bit. Me too. I, I do the same thing. I'm like, I pick the, I extrapolate the good stuff. And then I'm like, <laughs> with the, some of the other things I'm like, that wasn't, that wasn't cute. <laughs> it wasn't cute when it was going on and I was there. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't pretty. That part wasn't cute. Like the leg warmers. I don't know if that was cute back in the eighties, but. If you have a cankle, it's probably not for you because you're adding more weight to the ankle. Not a good look. No. But if you had like that scrawny leg, all of a sudden it gave you something and a high heel. You were I like, would oh, gladly, listen, I would gladly do the 80s. I think what everybody's searching for right at this moment. And I think that's the reason why so many things are, everybody's reminiscing about when they had freedom, when we were able to move around, um, hanging out with friends and reminiscing about really good times. And the 80s was like, if you watch my video, it was a time of like, literally everything was exploding and the economy was great. And the nineties, the economy was amazing. So everybody's like, they want to go back to that kind of freedom, you know, <laughs> when the, Michael song, hello, that's what it was about. So everybody was like, I feel sexy. I feel empowered. I feel like I have money. And there was a plethora of stuff and people are having a really, really good time. And I was what's what's on the horizon for your brand? Are you picking some of these trends and going to be coming out with something new, new releases? I I came out with the Atelier um, palette, which is literally like my 90 supermodel palette that I I came out with, I think, in the early part of the year this year or last year. Actually, I came out. When when did that come out? November? I can't even remember. Yeah, everything's blurry. October 2020. So I I came out and. with it and I, it's all like names like portfolio call my agent runway <laughs> last looks white t-shirt you know it's like everything that had to do with the 90s and, and i recreated a bunch of models in that 90s fashion and i had uh, frank Galasso and kim kimball here doing hair and they were like making hair just like massive we had scaffolds the girls were on dresses wind fans it was just so much fun i was living my best life i was like this is so much fun we can create whatever we want in this space and we have these elaborate photo shoots and we kind of live in a fantasy. As I was saying earlier, in my head, I go into these places and when I'm doing someone's makeup, I kind of channel like, I have these scenarios going. Like if we were on a beach okay. in the middle of Saint-Tropez, what would you look like? 
And that's where I used to go with Jennifer all the time. I was like, I used to like, and she laughs because I'm doing her makeup. I'm like, you know, and I'm doing her face. And I'm like, you're so rich that like, no one can even touch you. You've been on vacation for six months. No one can afford her. She's rich. And look at her, she's beautiful. She's hot. She, yeah, she's everything. She's expensive. You cannot touch her. You can't touch her. Yeah, and that's what, and when you're doing that and you love somebody that you're working on, because I, I really have love for Jennifer. I spent so much of my life with her. And, you know, there was a point when it was like me, my, myself, Orbe, J-Lo, and Andrea Lieberman. We were together for 11 years straight. Like, I'm talking every day. <laughs> so you're creating iconic moment all of us and I we would get tired and like grouchy and like we're flying from country to country and I used to be the one that would walk in the room and go and I and she'll she'll attest to this because I used to say all the time whether you guys realize it or not we're making history right now so do your best and we would always be like oh my god it's so true we are you know and it was like one of those things because they were iconic moments and the world was watching us and we knew it you know when, when it was I saw you recreate when you know when, when she walked on like the Versace with that dress. Yeah. I mean, how iconic is that? It was it, it gave me chills because that was I was I was really excited to be asked to do that. Number one, I you know know Donatella well and am friends with her and and have a love for her as well. So to see Donatella, to see Jennifer walking that walk, you know what I mean, and it, and and to see the editors get up on their feet for her, the mm -hmm. editors that are like this all the time they were like yay they were living they were living for her she was serving supermodel realness she was clopping down the runway i was like yes you know and and when i'm somebody that like when people i love are doing stuff that's exciting i'm excited for them i get like yay i'm so excited for you <laughs> like this is awesome what and, are your uh, products what was that what are your go-to products for you like i mean to recreate i saw this list of products like to recreate this look and it was just like a slew of things I'm like what did okay. i write that because i'm very simplistic yeah i don't know i mean it was just it was like a lot I'm like oh wow okay so what are your go-to products for you for me, i i i um i use like a cream stick foundation to create contouring it's a dry formula. I've been, I've been working on it for a few years. So I have like, I'm going to be coming out with it. Um, grab one of them. I can show everybody. It's, it's coming very soon. Um, I just, yeah, I'm going to do some sneak peeking and I got some blushes that are coming. I got some things that I'm working on that are coming up hopefully this year. So here's, I'm going to get it a little closer. Can you see it? Oh, I love the packaging. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, I was like, I need something with a lot of cuts on it because that's what contouring does. It cuts your face. And like so, look at that. Yeah, it, it's very precise the way it's, so you wow. can really just go in and slice, dice, you know, and it's flat and it's, wow. and you pick it up. There, now, there, this isn't like a new invention where, you know, there's other brands that have the slant, mm -hmm. but I changed the pitch on this. It's really planted so that you get really tight with it. it hopefully we get to try it yeah no and it's a dry formula my whole thing is like contour needs to stay put you can't have too wet of a formula because then when you put your foundation over it, it just turns into mud mm-hmm mm -hmm. to stay okay. in one spot Look like at that. colors so you can do like a concealed highlight down the center 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 yeah you know, so it's pretty easy. And it, it, I try, I'm trying to make something 
that isn't so complicated for women. You know, sometimes women are like, I want a contour. I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. I get a lot of that. I get a lot of that. <laughs> so, and I'll show you the blushes that are coming. They're super. How long does that take for you? Like, if you're like, okay, I'm going to make this new line or I'm going to make this new product about how much lead time do you, does it take until you release it? Um, sometimes a couple years. And I'll tell you why. I'm so particular about formulation. I, I formulate the stuff myself. So I am going in the lab at first blush. Then it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And everybody's like, oh, you make it in China. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't have a problem with China. Just let that everybody know that. Number two, I get ingredients from all over the world. And they go and they get assembled there. And I'll tell you why. And I'm glad that we're talking about this. They have such strict rules about who comes in to the lab. You have to go through a three-step process to get into the lab. That does not happen in America. In America, you could walk in with your hair out. Things are flying into the makeup. You don't know. Somebody could sneeze. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> there, you have to go through like a decontamination. You got to go with a, like a white suit on. You got to get hazmat stuff. It's crazy. Well, and you know, there's so many misconceptions like, you know, of when you're making makeup and then you hear about like, you know, in LA, when you go down there and they have like the, the counterfeit. So there's like, maybe there's rat poop in there. So then people think, Oh, you go to, you go to China and you get that made and all of a sudden the quality is bad, but it's a total misconception, right? 100%. We have like the, the facility that I use and that I'm part involved in is literally Every major brand is in there. It would, and I'm not allowed to say who's in there, but I see the stuff going by and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. I know that and I know Yeah, that. I know that, I know that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, mm -hmm. it's insane. So when you hear people are like, it's not made in America, it's like, okay, you know, just go through your house, whatever's not made in America, stick it to the left. You'll be sitting on the, you'll be sitting on a concrete floor in a minute, just so you know. <laughs> so I, what I did was I did those blush palettes and everybody loves them but I decided to come out with singles. So these are coming really soon. I just got these this morning, like the finished, you know. This is exclusive stuff, guys, that we get to see. Yeah, like literally, you're really literally the first person that's seen this outside of this office. So I did like a solid mango fizz because- I love that. The it's number one seller. Everybody loves mango. Can you see it? Yeah. Want to get it closer? Look at me, I'm like going closer. Cut yeah, this out, closer. cut my face out. better? Yes. I love it. Yeah. So that's cool. And I've got a highlighter that will blow your mind. That's coming up. It's and like, when do you think it'll hit, they'll hit the shelves? Um, I think they're going to be here in July, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I just did the final okay on them, but this is the highlighter. Wow. And I don't want to touch this, right? Okay. She's going to get one that I can touch. I can't touch this because it's got to go out. Photography. It's like, it's like um, MC, not MC Hammer. It is MC Hammer. Can't touch don't this. Don't touch this. <laughs> can't <laughs> touch this. But I'll show you, uh, it was funny because I worked for Shuamora and they stopped manufacturing this highlighter. And so I, as an ode to him, who's a dear friend, I created this highlighter wow. off of what he made, which is unbelievably like wet skin. And that's what I always used to use on Jennifer's highlight. Oh, really? Oh, so yeah. Back in the day. So it's like no one's been able to really replicate that. <laughs> that is cool. Look at that. It looks like it's wet. Yeah, it looks like wet skin and it's see-through, which is it's like glass. <laughs> it looks so cool. <laughs> People are gonna gag when they get this. They're gonna be like, eh. <laughs> okay. that, That's where my head's at. When you ask me about the future, 
um, I love creating products and I love creating stuff that works. You know, everything that I make works. And it's a thing for me. It's like, if I tell you this mascara works, it works, the quality's there. It's taken me five years to develop it. I, because I love false eyelashes, right? And people wear extensions and you're not supposed to put mascara on with eyelash extensions. And when you wear false eyelashes, you want to marry the two eyelashes together. So I created pumped up mascara and that mascara literally is amazing on false eyelashes because it doesn't clump them together. It doesn't turn into one eyelash. And so it's, you know, you still stay fluttery. So it's that kind of stuff that people don't realize that there's so much time taken into it. The brush is for separating lashes. It's not for getting as much mascara on the lashes you can. So there's things that go into it that people don't realize. And I'm like, no, nope, it's not right. And everybody's like, oh my God. It's like the rest of the team's like, he's at it again, where I'm like, it's not right. It's not the right color. It's not the right shade. I'm a perfectionist. People read about you. They see your YouTube channel. They see these incredible videos. They think they know you. Can you share something about yourself that would totally surprise your fans? Mm. No, I'm pretty open with everything. What have you heard? No, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any tea. I have no tea. I'm literally, I'm, I'm pretty much like, I, I love to be silly and I'm really playful and like I'm a gigantic kid. And I think that's the part that people don't realize. They always, they meet me and everybody goes, oh, you're completely different than I thought you would be. Because everybody thinks I'm going to be, I don't, I don't know what they think. They think you're going to be aggressive or... Up, you know, up or something like that yeah I just love people you know and that's the thing I really I feel at home it's interesting because as much I get a lot of love you know I feel so loved by my followers I feel you know I put stuff out we volley back and forth and I've always been a person that literally speaks to people that follow me myself I answer them I answer everybody and yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I guess like even when I'm like watching your your TV channel, your channel, you're even talking with your husband about making waffles, you know, like it's like everything. Yeah, we we just kind of like, you know, it's it's interesting. We've been we were just talking about this the other day. We met in 2010. We have a 20 year old son who we've raised and um, we both had wives. We were both married and then we got together and he has his biological son that I co-parent with him who's, you know, he's my, I consider him my son. And, and every day's challenging, it's exciting. And he fills our life with so much joy and in anguish all at the same time. <laughs> you know, like all 20 year olds do. <laughs> that, you know what, but it also keep, helps keeping you young. Like what's going on? Amazing. It was so funny because we were doing the 2000s video Wednesday, we were shooting the teens, the 2000 and like, we started at like 14. And then they were talking, we were talking about like spinners and, and all those things and like this video game, that video. I was like, we need Romeo here because Romeo is amazing. And he had every single one of these gadgets and played with every single, I mean, we like, he, he had it all, you know what I mean? He did it all. He had it all. He was like, we were talking about planking. Remember when everybody was playing? Yes. Yeah, he was doing it. Um, parkour. He was jumping over things. He was jumping over buildings. So, you, you know, know we we're supposed to start with some icebreakers, but we didn't. We just went right into it. We just, went into it because we don't need to break the ice. We're yeah, already broken. We break the ice. But I like to play like a little game. Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So what's the first thing that you touch in the morning? Do you really want to know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
It depends. <laughs> uh, it's usually it's usually Frank, honestly. Yeah, you know. What's the last thing you touch in the morning? In the in the evening? It's usually Frank. So, <laughs> it's like, it's, I don't go. I don't go for my phone first thing. Um, I try to keep my phone away from me. Okay. Always on silent. I, I I don't love the phone. My phone's always on silent too. Okay, so um, what was the song that you listened to today? Like the first song that you listened to today? Um, we listened to honestly in here in the office. We listened to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory today. Um, pure imagination. Okay. And I'm not lying. Everybody was like, "Can you put that song out?" And I was like, "Yeah." Gene uh, Wilder. Works in my office. Was like, "Can you put that song out?" I was like, "Cause I was singing it, and wow. then we listened to it, and everybody's, and we're, we're all like, why does this song make you so happy?'" Because yeah, it's like it, it brings up happy thoughts. Um, <laughs> now, if you were walking into a room and you had a theme song playing, like your own soundtrack, what would that song be? Ooh, wow. Um, I used to have a theme song on my phone, and it was from this. Um, uh, well, it was really for my clients that I put it on. So I can't say it was really for me, but it was kind of like my theme song. Okay. Um, it was like, it, it, it's this really kind of off thing. It was this Devo CD that was called uh, Stars 69, Stars of 16, Star 69 or something, or Stars yeah. of 69. And there was a song called I Look Good. And, and, and it was like this diva singing, I look good. And it was like, so every time my phone would ring, it was my ringtone for the longest time. So like Celine Dion used to just crack up every single time it would ring. And she would imitate it. And it's something amazing to hear Celine Dion sing to you. She was like, I was like, oh my God, this is too funny. I love it. I'm going to have to like see if I can. You have to look it up. It's so good. It's called Star. Like, I look good. Yeah. Okay. It's this whole thing. And 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 this woman singing about how she wakes up in the morning and um, she just can't describe why she looks so good. (laughs) She's like, it must must be my beautiful skin or the solarium or this glow that I have. I was like, Oh my God, somebody wrote this song. For me. For, for, my, cosmetics. <laughs> for, my, for, my, for my abilities here. <laughs> um, what's your spirit animal? Um, bocce. What? Bocce? Yeah. Bocce. I th- is Bocce here? We just got a new addition to our family, which we, we got a, a baby Doberman, but bocce, everybody knows Bocce because Bocce yes? walks the runway and you got to see the runway pictures. There's pictures of Bocce. Uh, look at this dog. She is, is I, I know I love you too. You're my spirit animal. She, um, she's hilarious. She's full grown. When I got her, she, she weighs a pound, seven ounces. When I got her, she fit my hand and she was the runt and nobody wanted her. And now she lives in the lap of luxury <laughs> and she runs everybody's life here at the office. How old is she? So she's two. Well, you said I got a little puppy. I got a little puppy. Like I see. Oh, little- the other one. Well, I don't know where the other one is. Where's Where's Crazy? Is she sleeping? Grab her. You guys got to You got to meet the other one. Yes. Okay. Now Bambi's Bambi's twelve weeks old, and we we have a love affair going on. She's got green eyes and she stares at you, and she doesn't she doesn't let go of your gaze. She like looks at you. Like I dare you to turn away. I dare. Yeah. You. Yeah. She's just. Come here, bam, bam, Bambi, come here. Oh, okay, so she says she sees me, she starts running. Come here, come here. Oh, yeah, hang on. Oh. This is Bambi. Uh-uh, no. Yeah, she is literally. 
No. Sleeping? Were you sleeping? You gotta get up. Cute. Yes. Yes. You with the face. That's so cute. She hangs on to everything. She's like, she hugs you. Hugging you. Yeah, she hugs. She's what? Oh, you're sleepy. So she's she's new to the family. I'm in love. Okay. So last question. Got it. All right. I'm gonna name, I'm gonna say some words. Oh no. That have been used to describe you. Oh God. (laughs) Then um I'm gonna say like what word is missing. Okay. Okay. So give me an example because I kind of lost, but go ahead. So iconic. Oh wow. Legend. Wow. Guru. Master. Thank you. Lover. Loyal. What was that last one? Loyal. Loyal. Very. Okay. Next up is you. Silly. Silly. Yeah, I'm silly. I like to laugh. I like to be just like a big kid. I, I, I know I said that earlier, but it's true. I think that what keeps you young is having a childlike heart. And Kids just kind of like, they love everything just because they love everything. You know what I mean? And when people start becoming not pretty anymore, they get angry with everything and everyone around them. And it shows in their face. My mom always used to have this expression. You're born with the face that God gives you and then you get the face you deserve. And I was like, wow, (laughs) that's, is that a curse? (laughs) You know, and it was like, but there's some truth in it. When you're happy, it shows. When you, when you love people, it shows. When you have light emanating from you, it shows. And when you're angry and hurt, you'll defeat it all the time, it shows. So you can choose to be one of the two things. And that's why, to me, beauty comes from within. That's why I was writing all my books. It's like, it starts with you. No matter your size, no matter your ethnic background, no matter if you're rich or poor, rich, thin, fat, doesn't matter. What matters is you embrace yourself and you put the best part of yourself forward. And what happens with that, and this is, I want to leave you on this, is like the most important thing is that you pay it forward. And when you love people and you get excited for people and you help people and you smile at somebody, it's contagious, right? So if we all did that, we would live in a really great place where people aren't beating each other up all the time. So that's like a great note to leave on that. Like everyone needs to learn to be silly or and love, yeah. and love yourself. Yeah. The, the key thing here is that everybody's broken. Everybody's got broken parts. There's nobody. I don't. And if somebody says, oh, I don't have anything wrong. You're a liar. Everybody's got damages and broken pieces inside of them. And it it's our job just to kind of put them together a little bit and just, and, and, be okay with the broken pieces. I'm okay with these broken pieces, but learn from them and grow out of them. But no one's perfect by any means. So well, your makeup is flawless. So yeah, so that's damn near perfect. <laughs> you try. That's like that's that's my that's my trying to make things perfect. You well, you're doing a great job making things Thank perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this. This was really fun and I enjoyed it. Thank you. I mean, for you taking the time to talk to me, you know, and share some of your family members with me and with our viewers. The furries. The furries. Yes. So that's it, everybody. Thanks and join us for next time. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
I want to send a huge thank you to Scott Barnes for rounding up our first season of Naya Unfiltered. Of course, you can see this episode on our YouTube channel at Naya Beauty App. While you're there, please click the like and subscribe button to receive notifications of future episodes. And as always, please visit our Instagram page at Naya Beauty App to get the latest news on beauty and our app. On a final note, as I mentioned, this is our final episode of our season, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank my producer, Michaela Rogers, who also moonlights as Naya Beauty's Director of Operations. She works tirelessly scheduling, editing, and producing these wonderful episodes, as well as working behind the scenes of our app. I also want to send a special thank you to our team, Kaylee, Emma, Camille, our intern Breeze, and our beauty director Celeste, our awesome PR and booking agent Turia, and others who help support and make the content that we supply to you, our listeners. With that, I say until next time, we will make sure to keep you posted as to when our second season starts, and don't worry. While you're waiting, I'll be busy at work interviewing our next season's guests. Bye, guys.